This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part. Thank you so much. Good morning and welcome everybody. It is Thursday. It is August the 13th. And for the next few hours, we are taking over. So welcome to the Buzz Adams Morning Show. And we've got a lot coming up to talk about today. And everybody's going to get their turn here in just a few seconds. Tell us what they're working on to bring you. There, There's a lot of stuff coming out of Sturgis and Bike Week in Sturgis. Woo! Uh-huh. I've seen the pictures. It's wild. There, there's a lot to indicate that they, they're actively trying to spread coronavirus in Sturgis. Uh, I told our accountant, I was like, find me a cute man out there. And he said, he's like, got you. And then he sent me a picture of a few bikers. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work out. No? no. <laughs> Too sexy? L- little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah so there was a bar in Sturgis that was having a sneeze contest to see who could sneeze the furthest and how far they could measure the droplets. All as a way to, I guess, make fun of COVID-19 and the fact that yeah, that it's a hoax or whatever. He's so. sending me pictures, like updates, because I told him, I was like, one, this is a great article. Please continue to send. Um, and two, uh, I have yet to see a mask in one of those photos that he sent me. I have so many questions I've for seen, this sneezing contest. I've seen a picture of our, so it's our accountant, Lisa and I right. share we, an accountant. Yeah, mm-hmm. we do. And he's up there. I've seen a picture of him wearing a mask, but he might have just put that on to make me for feel more at ease but uh, when he gets back you mean like (laughs) he gets back in town like if we're gonna go golfing or something but (laughs) (laughs) like nobody else in the pictures is wearing a mask (laughs) of any kind and then or he just got off the bike and he's like i'll just leave it on for the picture yeah so if you uh if you give me a little bit here uh joanna i can give you some more details about the uh, sturgis sneeze contest i am horrified how do they measure the distance how were they did they sneeze on command or how were they getting themselves to sneeze Uh, uh, were were they real sneezes or pretend sneezes was pepper involved exactly (laughs) okay well we'll 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 dive into it a little further don't you worry But since I have your attention, why don't you go ahead and preview what's coming up in entertainment news. That's sure. your department. What's happening in Hollywood news today? Well, Disney just ended the 20th Century Fox brand. They announced that that's no more. It will now be called just 20th Television. Ooh. Well, I mean, we're 20. Short and sweet. We're 20 yep. years. We're two decades into the 21st century. <laughs> so 20th Century Fox. I know. When I saw the headline, dated. I thought, oh, maybe they're going to update it to 21st Century Fox. Yeah. No, they've just dropped the Century and the Fox from the studio name. Wait, wait, wait. So what's it? It's going to be called what? 20th, 20th Television. Oh, just 20th yep. Television. Just 20th Television. Okay. All right. Uh, Brandon, sports headlines on the way this morning. What do we got coming up in sports today? Jerry Jones speaking to the media. He's talking about how the team is going to be handling kneeling during the national anthem. And he also believes that uh, they're going to be able to have fans. He says, we're going to play and we're going to play in front of our fans. All right. Jerry's uh, policy had been a couple seasons ago, toes on the line. 
right? Every player was expected to well, be standing they, on the line they for the interlocked arms. Well, there was one where they interlocked arms and knelt, but then all stood up for the national anthem. So we're going to find out what what Jerry's like. Has anything changed from Jerry's perspective on the national anthem and any kind of protest? All right, uh, so that's coming up in sports and news headlines. Lisa, you got news on the way for us. What's Wait. coming up? We sure do. We're going to talk about the police. Uh, Some officers in Santa Clarita, there's an investigation going on after police were called for a, well, it depends on who the driver by was. The passerby got two, they got two different phone calls. One said that there were some teens on skateboards attacking a homeless man. Another call said there was a homeless man with a knife attacking a bunch of teenagers with skateboards. Uh, So... Cops showed up. There's video of it. And in the video, you can clearly hear people telling the the officers, no, no, no. The boys were being attacked. Uh, but the skateboard kids. Yeah, the skateboard kids were being the, the ones being attacked. But uh, the video is a little crazy to watch. Um, and then also in Florida, you got to leave it to Florida. Um, there is a sheriff who said no masks at all allowed inside of my precinct. Because what pandemic? Remember Wait, the sa- pandemic, you guys? Isn't it great that we got that behind us? The sheriff in Florida is saying you're not allowed to wear a mask. What, in the entire precinct? Yeah. Yeah, like he told his... His, his deputies they're deputy, not allowed yep. to wear them. And his reasoning for it was... Uh, you mean in the precinct headquarters or the precinct? They cannot the precinct- wear them at all. So like he while said, on duty, while on duty. Yeah. All right, gotcha. So and they're saying to uh, this also counts for visitors to the actual office. So if anyone shows up there, um, they can't wear them either. This is a new requirement that was sent out in an email earlier this week. Is this a populated county or a less populous county? This is for Marion County. Brandon. Brandon. Nah. If it's not Dade or Broward, I'm out of my element. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're out of your element, Brandon. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right, let me see. All right. I'm finding the city. Hold on, give me one second. And is it an ideological? I mean, like the, the sheriff or or police chief, which was it? Doesn't okay. believe in coronavirus, and that's why he's got this policy? Or It's Marion County in Ocala, Florida. Ocala, yeah. Okay, we've heard of it? I, I've heard of Ocala. Okay. Never Mar- been that I know of. About 400,000 <laughs> in Marion County. Okay. All right, it doesn't sound like the best idea. <laughs> um, yeah, he's basically saying that it's no longer a debate, uh, and he's he's going to be banning them. And is he sheriff? Uh, yes. Is there anybody that overrules sheriff in the county? <laughs> you, know, you know, like I, a district judge? I or, don't know uh, the hierarchy, so I can't really help you with that one. Somebody in the medical office or somebody, uh, mayor maybe? There are manager. some that can wear them if they need to be worn. So that's uh, if they're at like the courthouse, let's say, where they are being mandated or at a hospital, or if they are uh, dealing with someone who could potentially have COVID. I'm curious if this sheriff is up for re-election this year or not. I don't know. I don't know. Um, One of his statements did say, in light of current events, where it comes to the sentiment and our hatred towards law enforcement in our country, this is being done to ensure there is clear communication for identification purposes of any individual walking into the lobby. Um, Mm. Yeah, and he says that he did write that he can already hear the whining, <laughs> insinuating that his decision may not be a popular one. Yeah. 
you know, the whining. medical advice, scientific evidence, whining, whining. whining. whinging, if you from will. Citizens. Yeah. <laughs> and then he signed off with the email, be safe. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you for what that, a sir. Pool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Halloween candy is already showed up in stores this year, Woo! and it, if it seems a little earlier than usual, it is a little earlier than usual. Uh, usually, Halloween season starts in late August, and it's it's not it's barely mid August. It's usually right after school supplies. They're saying that uh, Halloween displays are starting about three weeks earlier than usual this year. And uh, they give a couple of reasons for that. So, also, adorably, Spirit, Halloween, Superstores, and Party City seem to think that Halloween costumes are going to be a thing this year. I'm not so convinced. I don't think there'll be a lot of trick-or-treating. I think most Halloween parties, you know, that you go to and do costume contests, I think those aren't going to happen. But it's nice that Party City... Why are you being such a party pooper? Uh, just trying to be realistic is all. I mean, you think they're going to have, like, big uh, f- uh, Halloween parties where they where they give prizes at midnight for the best no, costumes? No, but I think that kids are think still going to want to dress up on Halloween. Parents are going to let them. Well, these are th- these specifically are adults, though. It's, okay, uh, I still want to <laughs> dress up as... Okay. Yeah, stop hating on her and her dreams. Joanna, what are you going to be this year? The May Queen. Oh, I love it. The May Queen from Midsummer. Yes. Oh, can I be the bear? <laughs> or can I be the guy inside you just the bear? Oh, I'm be the bear. Yeah, but that- we could have bought that bear off of that Marvel auction. It was like $175, which guarantee you a bear costume is way God, more expensive. I could be the bear. You could be the May Queen. Mister, I don't think people are going to be dressing up. Now, all of a sudden, now wants to be a bear. That sounds, oh, that's that a whole been, different meaning at Epic. Let me let been, you know right that now. That would perfect for our parade, but it doesn't look like we're having our parade, which is the point. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Gather around, children, throw out candy. But remember, we're in a pandemic. They uh, came out with a list of top costume trends for 2020. And yeah, there's some coronavirus stuff in there <laughs> as far as the costumes go. Nice. Also, I don't know if you heard, but uh, Kanye West might be in legal trouble for his campaign because a lot of the required signatures turned out to be fake. Fake. I love how all of them fake. The state Democratic Party uh, filed a complaint in Wisconsin alleging there were hundreds of fraudulent signatures. By the way, it turns out that most, a lot of the groundwork of getting registered, it's, it's not easy to get registered to run for president in the state. Uh, was it done by Kanye or anybody on his team? It was done by Republican operatives oh. in Wisconsin, trying their best to get Kanye West on the ballot. Uh, there's a report that Kanye met with Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump last week, but now his registration in Wisconsin is being challenged because names like Mickey Mouse oh. and Bernie Sanders uh, came up. Kanye tweeted... Well, I won't read the whole thing because it's kind of disjointed. But his point was, well, it's up to it's up to somebody else to prove that Mickey Mouse didn't actually endorse me or, or sign my nomination papers. What? Uh, so that's what's going on with you know, just this whole thing uh, that the Republicans are trying to get Kanye on the ballot is 
hits me as super racist. It's like our assumption is that enough black voters will vote for somebody who's clearly crazy. Uh, it's just an expectation that seems to be, I, I don't know, rooted in a lot of racism uh, to me. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. I think I need to talk about the heat in West Texas. So, Ooh, it was high yesterday. Yeah. Um, let me talk about uh, of the of the of the big cities that were hurt in. Let me talk about El Paso. And keep in mind, this is the cool spot out of all <laughs> the places. And then I'll get to Abilene and San Angelo. Uh, One hundred five for the high temperature today. We're talking about possible records. Not only in El Paso, but also in Abilene and San Angelo. For El Paso tomorrow, again, 105. A lot of sunshine, no rain in the forecast. Now, Abilene and San Angelo are a few degrees hotter. So 106, 107, 108 uh, for tomorrow in San Angelo. That's with the humidity. The 105 in El Paso doesn't have a whole lot of humidity. The 107, 108 in San Angelo and Abilene, that's with humidity added. That's called the heat index. And it makes it feel much, much worse. Brandon, who had the misfortune of living in Florida for a couple of years, I did testify <laughs> yeah. to this. Humidity sucks. So, yeah. uh, especially when it's 105. That's, I mean, that is one thing Florida doesn't have. It never reaches 100 degrees down there. Really? But it's so humid, it it's just so feels humid, like just, 115. Yeah, I mean, probably. it'll hit the 90s easy, but... And then you feel like oh, you're dying. Yeah. You're in the ocean. Like, oh, I walked into a sauna. Yeah. So for, for our, our listening audience in El Paso, yeah, it's going to be hot. If it makes it... I don't think it's going to make it feel any cooler, but just know that it's hotter and more uncomfortable because of the humidity in Abilene and San Diego. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. We're going to talk about the sheriff in Florida who has forbidden masks for employees. That means if you're a deputy in the Marion County Sheriff's uh, Department, you're not allowed to wear, you're not allowed to wear a mask at work. Also, if you need to do business and visit the County Sheriff's Office, you're not allowed to wear a mask either. And this is all under the direction of Sheriff Billy Woods. Uh, Here's a little bit of what he said. We'll get into this some more. Because I want to focus on the sneeze contest they had at Sturgis. <laughs> Woods, in an email dated August 11th, my order will stand as, as is when you are on duty, working as an employee, and representing my office. Mask will not be worn. The sheriff says that if anyone confronts an employee about not wearing a mask, the employee should politely and professionally tell them I'm not required to wear a mask nor will I, per the order of the sheriff. All right. Mm. Sounds like somebody has has drank the, the Kool-Aid a little bit, so to speak. You getting those pictures? Are we going to get to see some of those pictures? Uh, Lisa and I have the same accountant, and uh-huh. our accountant went to Sturgis, mm-hmm. which I think he does. He's done in the past several years, so I always, yeah. get, I always get interesting pictures. Yeah, but now, but and now I really so I told him, like, hey, can I put him in a post? Send me some more. And now my eyes are burned forever. <laughs> <laughs> I just, every, every like, hour or so, I get a quick update at the shaving cream wrestling competition, <laughs> at the wet t-shirt contest. Oh, Sturge's motorcycle uh, rally is what we're talking about with attendees packing bars. There's wrestling in bikinis. Yeah. 
And there are reports that any anybody seen wearing a mask is ridiculed by the other bikers and scoffed at. Uh, some attendees have taken a cavalier approach to the deadly virus, which has killed more than 163,000 people in the United States. Uh, one recovering coronavirus victim at the rally told a reporter that he expects to see a big uptick in cases after the event. Um, and there was a sneezing contest that they had. Yeah. Gross. Um, the contest was to see who could sneeze the furthest into the crowd. So this was also, it was oh. like you sneeze. So they're like, hey, into the crowd. If you feel this, raise your hand. Yeah. And then they just oh. go that distance. And then. So there's the answer. I'm sorry. Even if we weren't in a pandemic, that sounds disgusting. <laughs> exactly. <gasps> oh, uh, gross. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of things that happen at Sturgis that are disgusting. One, one of Fair the, point. One of the Fair attendees point. they talked to uh, is wearing a mask because he has had coronavirus. He had it earlier this year and said that he uh, felt that he was gonna die and was running 108 uh fever but sturgis whoop whoop let's so go you know what i lived through it see but everyone that i know that's had covid is kind of like eh screw it i had it so they're less likely to wear masks because like yeah. obviously they've recovered now that doesn't make you like yeah hey don't don't reason with me i'm just explaining what their thought process so is. so this one guy uh who is wearing a mask says that he went to one bar where they were having a sneeze contest and here's how he describes it it was to see who can sneeze the furthest out people were laughing and applauding i said what the heck they think it's fake Mm -hmm. but the guy uh, in question knew that it's not fake because he had had covid19 previously uh an employee denied that the uh, contest took place. Sure. But the bar refused photos. to talk to the reporter when they called to follow up on it. So Let me look yeah. through the photos, see if I have a sneeze contest in there. I do not. I do not know. Yeah, so it says that the contest was you would sneeze into the crowd and whoever, okay. the farthest away that somebody said, yeah, I can feel a drop. Oh, and nobody in the crowd was wearing a mask. Uh, oh, that just sounds disgusting in so many ways. Oh. Without a... Without a pandemic. Without yeah, without a, a pandemic. pandemic. It's just gross. It's like whenever you would see bands at concerts, like, drink their water and, and then and, like, yeah. spit it out into the audience. I'm like, no, you cannot sweat it on me. You cannot spit on me. I or you mean that thing Triple H would do? Yeah, that too. I love you, Triple H, but no, don't do it. Now, how were they making themselves sneeze? Was it on command or <laughs> was there? Unfortunately, look into the light. Look into the light. Unfortunately, I couldn't find how the sneezes were being yeah. prompted. But Nobody here's has what, video of it. Here's what I expect to see. Sadly is that these people are coming from Sturges all over the country. Yeah. And they might come from parts of the country which don't have such a... You know, not everybody lives in a city. Some people live out in a more rural area yeah. where they don't have as much COVID-19. Now, they've gone here with a bunch of people who don't believe it's real, who are making fun of the idea that it's a, a serious concern and are having sneezing contest, and nobody's wearing a mask. 
when Sturgis wraps up this week, those people are going to head back to where they come from. At least some of them, out of a quarter million, are going to have COVID-19. Mm-hmm. They're going to take it back. We already know that they're the type of people who are, would not take what's going on seriously. Yeah. I think you're going to see a major spread, not just in South Dakota, but in all the places that people go back to yeah, after right. the motorcycle rally week is over. I mean, think how many people you normally know that go to Sturgis. Or is that just me that knows a lot of people I, that go to Sturgis? I, 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 I know like a half dozen people that, that go. Yeah, my brother usually goes, him, him and his wife, uh, a lot of my cousins. Uh, it's a it's a it's a big mo- it's a motorcycle rally. It's Glenn, a big party. Glenn, Glenn <laughs> is a good example. Yeah, it's a party. If you like to ride motorcycles and you like the outdoors, this is it's a fun thing to do. But yeah, but you you could like like to ride motorcycles, enjoy being outdoors. Boobs, boobs. But add to it this year, doesn't believe coronavirus is a real threat. So you add that into kind of the mindset, and I think you're setting up. You know, a real recipe for disaster when some of these bike enthusiasts go back to their their jobs and their homes all over the country. So some of these places that have been lucky enough to avoid it until now might suddenly find themselves not avoiding it because somebody went to the biker rally. So and maybe participated see- in a sneezing contest. Oh. <laughs> how long until you see your accountant uh, when he comes back? When he gives us that negative yeah. COVID test, you know, <laughs> it is free and it takes two two days. Probably when there's a vaccine available is when I'll see my account. Hopefully that'll be before, be, be before, before tax the tax day. deadline. <laughs> it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. There's a, there's a video of police in uh, San, Santa Clarita, California, mm-hmm. and they're holding what look like machine guns on a couple of uh, kids who are skateboarding. And Lisa, explain to us, why is this uh, controversial and why is it more complicated than than just another video of police uh, holding, you know, uh, black teens at gunpoint? Yes. So, um, you know, this is a kind of, uh, this is a controversial video. So this video was shot on Friday uh, by a woman named Tammy Collins uh, on Instagram. And she said that her friend, her son and his friends were sitting at a bus stop waiting to head home. Now, her son and one of his friends are African-American, are black. Both of them are 16. The other teen is 18 and is white. Um, they were approached by a homeless man who asked them if they had any cocaine and then tried to take their belongings. Uh, the man got aggressive and then pulled a knife on them. So two of the teens... They had their skateboards out and they were trying to protect themselves and trying to hit the homeless man. Well, several bystanders saw what was happening and they called the police. Um, the video has over 300,000 views now on Instagram. Um, but the thing is, is that three patrol units showed up with the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. Two of the deputies can be seen pointing their guns at the teens and another officer joins them with a rifle. Um, they say that two different calls. Now, this is according to L.A. County Sheriff's. So in the video, it looks as if the police or the law enforcement involved in this situation is just pointing the guns at the teens. But the L.A. County Sheriff, Alex Villanueva, says that two different calls came in almost at the same time. And one described the kids as the aggressors because the passerby saw the teens with their skateboards up attacking the homeless man. While another one that called in and said, no, the homeless man's the aggressor because he's the one 
who was coming at them. Let me jump ahead real quick. Sure. Nobody ended up getting shot, right? No. Okay. Thankfully, nobody was shot. Um, unfortunately, the homeless man did take off, so he wasn't arrested. Uh, but the teens uh, were held while they were investigated and tried to figure out what happened, and then they were let go. Um, okay, so it sounds like uh, this is a situation where uh, police had two conflicting reports, right? And they were uh, operating kind of in the dark. Um, yeah, I can understand them. The confusion, handcuffing. Did they ever handcuff the kids, or did it never get to that point? Because it, <sighs> it looked like they had them walking backwards with their hands behind their head, and uh, like how how long did it? take to straighten things out were the kids booked for instance uh no they were not booked they were held in the squad car for about 30 minutes while they the deputies questioned the teens and the witnesses and they were released with no charges um well are people upset because this sounds like an honest case of mistaken identity or that you got two contradictory reports and you were playing it on the safe side for everybody. Well, listen to some of the people in the audio, and you can kind of tell where it's heading. Um, all right. So the audio of the video. Okay, but the police officer did not know that for sure at the time, right? Exactly. And the thing is, too, calls they got multiple calls, different things. But listen to the officer telling them, like, back up to the to the bystanders, like, you need to back up, you need to back up, and they continue to. Uh, go towards Look, I, the officer. I get with everything that's gone on. I get where the where the bystanders are coming yeah. from, and it's like you know, manifestly unfair that these kids are being hassled when they were the victims. But by interacting with the police like that, I think you just make it more likely that that something tragic could happen. And also, you're they have to secure the scene first. Like it's like you, your first right. job is to get on scene, secure it, and then from there figure out what happened because you don't know it, because they didn't know who's the aggressor, the homeless person or the skateboarder. And I'm all for filming the police. You know, if there's something right. going on filming the police, I I'm fine with that. Uh, in this case, did they have their uh, their cam footage going? The police have their cam footage going, or was it just uh, passerbys? Yeah, but see, I think they're it's just assuming, escalating the situation. Yeah, that and, point, and that's right? assuming that no other call was made. They're assuming I'm the only one that saw this, so you have to know that since this was what I called about, that's the only information that they have. All right, and that's, so that's these police officers were also operating under. Well, somebody said that there were some teenagers attacking a homeless man with their skateboards. Um, I'm not saying, like, you know, turn around and mind your own business, which I know is is a position that, that some, some people, have, but some I people don't, have, yeah, so I, I don't have that. that but too. also... Path of least resistance. Yeah. We, <laughs> <laughs> that would have been Buzz walking out the other side. She's like, man, I can, yeah. make I can totally see. He's doing that thing with his hands are in his pockets. Uh-huh. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Spin. <laughs> He'll spin and turn around. <laughs> But you know what I mean? It's already a heightened situation, and for somebody to just be there agitating without knowing everything that's going on. But I, I'm all for having the cameras out and recording stuff. Exactly. And I think, I think you know, every every good police officer is probably in favor of that, too. But being in their ear and, you know, just putting them on edge and stuff might, I think it would have made it more likely for it to turn out bad for the innocent boys. I guess is what I'm saying. It's interesting how people perceive things from afar. Like you had one person saying that it looked like these skateboarders were attacking the homeless man. And then it was vice versa for for another person. It reminds me of this time when my friends and I 
we were out in the street, and we were in our 20s. I think I was maybe 21 years old at this time. And we were literally just playing wiffle ball in the street. We had stopped at the dollar store. There was a wiffle ball set. And we were like, you know what? Let's drink some beers and play wiffle ball. So we did. So we played until the sun came down. We went back into my buddy's house. And as we were inside, we noticed multiple cop cars driving through the intersection that he lived on. And we just thought that was odd. They didn't have their lights on. They kind of slowed down at the intersection. And then they kept going through. Well, my friend would frequently check the blotter, the police blotter in the newspaper, where it kind of goes through all the calls that were made. A week later, he sees that date pop up that says that police had received a 911 phone call that there was 20 to 30 men with baseball bats getting ready to fight at the intersection he lived on. Mm. So somebody saw us playing wiffle ball and, and amped like, it all the way. About to go yeah, to they amped mm-hmm. it all the way to twenty, and there was only maybe ten of us. Maybe ten. But of But the us. report said there were twenty to thirty. Twenty to thirty men with Sweet. baseball bats. There was a, there was one wiffle ball bat. There was one <laughs> wiffle ball. But it turned into a gigantic gang fight. What is a By the ball? end, Brandon had a shank. And yeah. It's a game of telephone. I was like Brick from Anchorman. I, I stabbed a man with a trident. Oh my god, a wiffle ball has holes in it. Yeah. 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 Of course. I don't know what it was. Have you ever seen the, never the played it, but. crazy pitches some guys can do with those things, man? I think the case in Santa Clarita, you might have had somebody calling in the report. That was watching, and then, and and then, then somebody someone driving by. A few moments later. Yeah, like and then seeing, someone driving by a couple minutes later and just sees the teens. So I, I think it is, I, I don't think that people should uh, stop interfering. And by that, I mean, you know, staying, <laughs> but videotaping. And, and also, like the officer said, step back. You don't have to go up there. I mean, if it's like a situation where, you know, it, it is like a George Floyd, someone's on someone's neck, you can see that they're saying they can't breathe, something like that. Yeah, maybe that is somewhere where you feel like you actually do need to step in and physically uh, get involved. Uh-huh. But if you see these officers are, you know, telling these teens to put their hands up, you know, walk behind them, what they're doing is they're trying to secure the situation and secure the scene so that they can figure out exactly what's going on. Because you don't know the call that the cops got unless you have a police scanner and you're listening in, which if you are, I got questions for you already. But, you know, you don't know what's going on there. And I think the co- the the, uh, the sheriff already said, he's like, some of the things that the officers did, I do not agree with. And he did say pulling out, you know, the AK on a t- Three teens. A bit excessive. Yeah, that was excessive. And he did say that. He said, I don't think that was right. But he also said, you know, they're trying to figure out what's going on. You know, an officer's going into a situation where it could be, this could be a life and death situation for them. They don't know. so And they always are having to be put in that situation. So it's not fair for people to assume. All right, let's get to Joanna's article about Dr. Pepper. Joanna uh, has an article, Don't Panic, Dr. Pepper Responds to Soda Shortage. So are we talking specifically about a shortage of Dr. Pepper or sodas in general? Just Dr. Pepper. The company has said that because of a high demand in these last few weeks, they're running a little behind on production. Uh, But did you know that there is an aluminum can shortage? Yes. No. Apparently there is, Buzz. Uh, But the company has said 
this has nothing to do with the aluminum can shortage. It's just that we have a high demand and we are working on it. They do advise you to check in with your local retailers to check in on how much P- Dr. Pepper is available for you. <laughs> do you, you want me to go next door and you check? You call in to ask, which by the yeah. way, we've known that this was going to happen. Doctors have been in high demand since COVID-19. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> natural Dr. Pepper and was going to be knew, running low. Yeah, I only knew about the, the can shortage because beer was also affected. So I was like, hold right. on, let's, let's rewind <laughs> real know, quick. What do you mean there's an aluminum shortage? It's been a few months since I've been able to find the caffeine-free, either oh, regular okay. Dr. Pepper or Diet Dr. Pepper. Are you throwing it out there for the listeners? If anybody sees the caffeine-free Dr. Pepper, hit Buzz up because he needs it. Do you give the Diet Dr. Pe- or the caffeine-free Dr. Pepper your seal of approval? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no. It's oh, okay. I, didn't know that, I know that they had caffeine-free you know, Pepsi and, and Coke and stuff like that. I didn't realize they had caffeine-free Dr. Pepper because Dr. Pepper's I can't f- drink that much caffeine. It'll, it'll spin me into a panic attack. Every God, time we go get coffee, free. you get green tea. Everybody knows yeah, Dr. Pepper is my favorite beverage just because yes. it tastes so damn good, but also <laughs> they do the best job of making their diet taste passable. You know, it's a mm-hmm. diet. It's got no calories. It's got no sugar. And of all the diet drinks, I think Dr. Pepper Diet Dr. Pepper tastes the best. As far as the caffeine-free goes, you can't tell any difference other than it won't keep you awake. So this is a serious problem for me. Uh, shortage of Dr. Pepper yeah. is when I start getting serious about the pandemic, folks. And uh, we need to start working together to right this ship. <laughs> because if not, then it's the end of the world as we know it. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Let me just get to a few of the comments on our Facebook live stream of the show so you can see what's happening here in the studio with us. You can um, read the chat, join in the chat if you like. Let me start off with uh, Jonathan who writes, Did y'all read that Harris can't be president if something would happen to Biden? I've seen that floating around social media. It's not true. I have not seen that. What's that? Explain it to me. I've only heard about other people seeing it. Well, because her mother is from India. Her father was uh, born in Jamaica. But she was born in the United States, folks. That's a U.S. citizen. I, I, I don't know why. going to be Barack Obama all over again. Show Hawaii, me. my hiney. Show I, me her birth certificate. <laughs> I never got the whole well, argument behind Obama because... We yeah, first die. of all, he was he was born in Hawaii, and there yeah. was a birth certificate, and there was proof of live birth, and and everything else. Second of all, even if he had been born someplace else, his mother was a U.S. citizen, so you're automatically a U.S. citizen unless she had renounced her citizenship, which she hadn't. So the whole like Obama's ineligible to be president argument made no sense, and of course it was thoroughly uh, debunked. And the current president seems to be the last guy. Who admitted that it that it was uh, bunk, and now it looks like they're. Go- I I think there are some people with the mindset: if someone is darker skin than I am, there's no way they're a real American. Uh, and that seems to be like what a lot of the fuel behind the stuff about Kamala Harris is. But you know what's funny is that a lot of them there's things like that. But then I've seen a lot of people saying, "Well, she's claiming to be black, and she's not." Uh, her father was from Jamaica. Yeah. And so people are saying, well, that's not, I think because when people think of black, people think of African and technically Jamaicans that 92% of them are of African descent. Yeah. So 
If, Technically, I, yeah. I've been to Jamaica. Well, Most Jamaicans <laughs> are black. <laughs> You're like, I've been there. I've seen it. Also, Plus, I'm the fami- whitest person ever has been to Jamaica. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very nice. It's right near the beach. Mm-hmm. Nice. I mean, I, a very, I think... a very, uh, a very charming people, the Jamaicans. Well, Somebody I... tried to sell me weed before I even got out of the parking lot of where the where the little boat from the cruise ship came. <laughs> before right. I was out of the parking lot. Right. Yeah, I was going to say. Now, don't you regret not being? What happens in Jamaica stays in Jamaica, <laughs> mm-hmm. friends. <laughs> But I think that's one of the problems. People look at uh, like uh, the Caribbean and Afro-Caribbean people, and they immediately assume not black. Well, you have Haitians, you have Jamaicans, you have so they're the Afro-Caribbean like ancestry is there. Because uh, I've heard that same argument with I think uh, Cardi B that she's not black. Well, here here's a comment, uh, and and I won't attribute it because I'm going to take issue with it. But uh, somebody in the comments said I think. He meant, how can she be the first Indian rep and the first black rep? Which is it? Well, that's easy. Her mom was from oh. India and her father was from... Nope. Is black. Got to deal in absolutes, man. It's got to be one or the other. Pick a side, bro. It's the way, like, JFK could be the first Catholic president and also the first horn dog president. That's an example. <laughs> he wasn't, not by far, but you get what I'm saying. You, mm-hmm. can, be, you can be two things or more, even, what? at the same time. Uh, yeah. And in case you're wondering, just for people out there while we're going over this, uh, Indians, uh, people from the country of India are considered Asians. So there you go. Just throw so that out there. She can be the first Indian and the first Asian vice president. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the big one here is the first woman uh, that's going to be vice president and mm-hmm. a heartbeat away from the presidency, so to speak. Hello, Chopper. Hey, what's Chopper? How is a guy named Chopper not in Sturgis this week? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can oh, barely, I can't hear anything that Chopper is saying. Can you come a little closer to the phone? Are you wearing a mask? Yeah, sorry, I was wearing my mask. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, well good, good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just the same thing to me. Um, I was actually calling because I wanted to bring up a few people all around the world. Hold on a second. Is anybody oh making out a single no. word? I'll call you right back because I really want to hear. Now I'm engaged uh, with what Chopper was trying to tell us. And I don't tease right there, man. Yeah. Um, All right. So hopefully he'll call back here in just a few seconds. Oh, I did forget one news story. Yeah. Um, There was a morning show producer who did get a speeding ticket this morning for going 80 miles per hour on the freeway. Uh, who now? What now? A morning show producer. You may have met him before. He's in the studio next to you. Yeah. 80 miles per hour. That's what Buzz. the cop said. I'm going to fight it. Brandon got a ticket? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you were doing 80 and a what? Yeah. Uh, I was on the freeway. So 80 and a 70? And they caught you? They said 80 and a 60. Hey, the best part. No, give them your argument when they when they told you. No, that. I don't want to do that. I want to say that on the air. You're on the air. <laughs> You, you don't want to do that on the air? No, I don't want to do that on He's the like, air. He's like, damn I'll late. You, that's something, you, uh, no. that's something him and Justin Underwood need to yeah. discuss. The book has already been cracked. <laughs> no. You have to read what's that in the book. That is between Brandon and his lawyer now. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to text Justin but Underwood this morning. let me know in commercial break, break. Yeah, I'll let you guys know what I said. I'm not going to put that <laughs> on the hilarious. air. It's hilarious. Uh, no, but honestly, like the guy came up and... Uh, uh, he was a super cool guy. You know, he's just doing his job. What's his name? Let's give him a shout out. Um, I don't know. Uh... 
He's like, let me find my ticket. Wait, when did this happen? Today? Yeah, yeah that happened this morning. This, yeah, this morning? morning? Yeah. Yeah. And he um, thanked the officer. He's like, thank you. I did. I totally did. Thank and you, I, officer, I, for doing such a great said, job. thank you. I appreciate it when he walked away. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. Blue but Lives Matter. Is, but that's the thing. Like, as it was happening, I'm like, Toast. I want to let this guy know, like, hey, I know you're doing your job. You probably get a ton of crap on a daily basis from mm-hmm. people who hate the cops. I want to let you know, like, that's like, I'm cool with you, man. Even though you gave me a ticket. And I respect, get it. Respect you, bro. Yeah, so he he hands me the ticket, and he was like, here, this is this is what you were cited for. Uh, I need your signature at the top. That's not admitting guilt, blah, 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 all that other stuff. And I was like, okay. And then as he hands me the ticket, I go, thank you. And as he's walking away, I go, I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate you, boo. <laughs> no, it was, it was, I mean, he was, he, he was just doing his job, you know. And uh, yeah. uh, it looks like his last name is uh, Dinger. He's a good <laughs> dude, man. Dinger. All right. Oh, We've got Sid on the line. Hi, Sid. Hey, Buzz. How y'all doing this morning? Doing good. Hey. What's up, Sid? Hey, I'm going to back up a couple of minutes when you were talking about the birther movement and, you know, all that BS. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know I'm a Republican, and you know I wasn't fond of Obama, but the thing is, I think part of the problem when people started running with, oh, you know, he was not a U.S. citizen everything, is when they started using that rumor about him using the name, and I'm going to pronounce his last name wrong, Barry Sotero. Sotero, his mother yeah, had married another man who I believe was, was Asian. I think he was from, I, 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 I don't know what country he was from. But. Exactly, exactly. And that's the thing I was trying to say is, like I said, a lot of people, they'll get half the story and run with it. And like I said, I'm not, like I said, I'm not pro-Democrat at all, and I definitely wasn't pro-Obama, but the bottom line is I try to keep it fair. And I, like mm-hmm. I said, I think part of the problem was the fact that, you know, people heard, oh, he used an alias, because like I said, when I heard about it, I think I was online maybe five, ten minutes and looked at Reuters, and they had the whole damn, excuse me, sorry, the whole layout as to everything that had happened there. I mean, uh, so that was easy to disprove, and that's, like I said, but I think part of it is all these little stories were, you know, building it up to make it a big deal. Yeah, well, there were a lot of people that were really beating that drum long after it, it should have been yeah, debunked. Well, and like I said, I, I beat a lot of drums Trump. with Obama, but that definitely wasn't one of them. So, um, but like I said, I think that might have been part of the problem is, you know, it's like everyone's getting all these rumors and half-truths instead of trying to find out the whole thing. Um, so like I said, I just had to put my two bits in. All right, thanks, Sid. I can tell you, I can tell you Kamala Harris is an American citizen. She's born an American citizen. She's totally eligible to be the vice president hey, and, and president uh, if that comes about someday. Can, can I ask a quick question? Maybe you guys can answer this. Yeah. Okay? Yes, and, and they said that she's, uh, one of her family members is Jamaican, and the other half was, ooh, I, I want to say, say like Asian. Indian. Indian, yes. Indian, mm-hmm. Indian. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Well, technically Asian was correct. Yeah, no, okay. you're correct. <laughs> But so my, my, my question is, um, I've never heard a, jo- uh, a Jamaican person classify him or herself as being a person of color, nor have I ha- heard an Indian person um, classify themselves. I mean, they normally say, yeah, man, I'm from Jamaica, or, you know what I mean, or, uh, you know, I'm Indian, because my brother-in-law, he's, he's, uh, he's Jamaican. And the thing is, it's like, so does that classify as, I mean, when she says that she's, she's a person of color, um, is she saying she's black, or how's that work? Because, you know, in all honesty, I don't understand that. I, th- I think what, what she's saying is if you say you're a person of color, you're 
other than Caucasian. So you could be Asian, be a person of color. You could be mm-hmm. Latino or Native American. Native American, be a person of color. I think it's kind of a signifier that you are not a part of the Caucasian uh, okay. racial phenotype. All right, fair enough. Hey, I appreciate it. All you right, have Sid. a good day. All right, we'll see you. I mean, and Sid does bring up a good point because I have heard some people say before they don't like the term POC or person of color. Um, they don't like it because it is kind of, it is one of those all-encompassing terms. And but it, it, it more defines me, what... Doug is a white? <laughs> it more <laughs> defines what you're not. You yeah. know, I am not a member of the majority culture in most Western countries. I'm a person of color. Yeah, but but I do I do hear some people say, like, do not call me a, a POC. Do not call me a person of color. Call me what I am. I'm Mexican. Call me what I am. I am black. Call me what... So I have seen people who have said that instead. Like, okay. they don't... Or Latinx. They don't really like that terminology either. Let's uh, try Chopper again. Hopefully got a better connection with Chopper. Hey, Chopper, what's up? Not much, man. I just wanted to talk about human evolution real quick. Oh, sure. Yeah, we can we can knock that out real quick. Well, we, we have humans living all over the planet, and uh, we all are basically the same inside. Just how we look outside can change due to genetics and something that's cropped up around the globe, around the equator, is darker skin. And it's because the sun affects lighter skin worse. And so the darker skin, you have Central America, you have very, very dark skin. You have Asia, Asians have very, very dark skin. The reason that in America we're less dark skin in the majority of the Caucasians is because we immigrated here and we haven't had several generations to adapt to our climate. Plus, we don't live outside like humans used to as much. So we're, we're shielded from the sun's rays and we're not evolving as much in that way. And I feel like people thinking that black people are from Africa or you can't be black and Jamaican or whatever, it's really just a skin tone from genetics and the exposure of your lineage. It has nothing to do with your points of view, your intelligence, your manners, or anything like this. Yeah, and also I think uh, just so we're we're perfectly clear, like evolution doesn't work on a scale of a couple of centuries, or you know, if we're talking about as long as the United States has been a country, uh, two hundred fifty years, or if you want to go back to when uh, Columbus came over, five hundred year, it, we're talking about thousands and thousands of years. We're talking millennia, not not centuries. Uh, exactly, and I think that's an excellent point, Buzz. I, and I think that. Because we now travel more than we used to, and we have people meet from across the globe and breed, we're going to see more of a mix of colors from breeding than from evolution, because you're right, it does take many, many generations for evolution itself to take hold. All right, um, well, well, this is not the discussion I expected from a guy named Chopper, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> I'll say that. All right, awesome. th- thanks, Chopper. Thanks for the call. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. I'm not seeing what what is so hard to understand about how Kamala Harris can claim to be, if she's elected, the first Asian-American vice president and the first African-American or or black American. Would they prefer if we just said the first biracial? Like... (laughs) You can be both. Yeah. So this is the example that I gave. Uh, Kamala Harris being the first Asian uh, vice presidential candidate as well as the first 
African uh, American or black. I mean, if that if the sticking point is African American because her father is from Jamaica, I, I think you're really splitting hairs. It's the same way that Trump could take credit for being the first wrestling Hall of Famer to be president, and the first former reality TV show star Boom, to be that's president. That's pretty good. Okay, I like it. <laughs> that's a good. Well, no, it is. That makes sense. Hopefully, more sense to people. People typically are more than one thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I don't know why we got this idea. You classify people, and that's the one thing they are. Thing, I'm American, right? American. If Pete Buttigieg would have been, or if he'd been chosen as vice president, he could lay claim to being the first openly gay uh, man to be vice president if he was elected, and also being the first guy whose name is unpronounceable. Yeah. Until you learn how to pronounce it. <laughs> well, you guys pronounce Kam- uh, Kamala Harris right. Um. Adrian writes in the chat, and this is interesting. So, if it's related to the sun, because that conversation we were having with chopper there you know people around the equator are darker right. skin uh shouldn't eskimos be gingers and adrian pointed out i believe eskimo is derogatory inuit <laughs> it's inuit right or, or first nations people so the the way that works is the inuits or, or who used to be called the eskimos were part of that same immigration that brought in uh, all the people that, that were here when Columbus arrived. So that would be your American Indians, your South American tribes, your Aztecs. They they all immigrated, I, I want to say 12,000 years ago, across the Bering Strait Land Bridge because, you know, it was the Ice Age and they could get across. And so. Yeah, I've uh, seen Ice Age with the saber toothed tiger and yeah. the John Leguizamo sloth. Yeah, I used to take that as pretty. And Ray uh, Romano as a, as a woolly hmm. mammoth. I used to take that as pretty good uh, history of the Pleistocene era until all of a sudden there were dinosaurs and that kind of blew its credibility (laughs) out of the water (laughs) for me. But again, evolution takes thousands and thousands, many thousands of years. So, Um, Joanna, you want to do some entertainment news for us? Sure. All right. (laughs) Let's get into our entertainment news. Joanna Barba keeps her eye on Hollywood, the music business entertainment what do we have today, Joanna? Sure. Legendary director Martin Scorsese has struck a first-look deal with Apple. He joins a growing list of big-name celebrities who have signed deals with Apple, including Oprah Winfrey, Alfonso Cuaron, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and Idris Elba. Scorsese is currently helming director uh, Killers of the Flower Moon for Apple, which is expected to debut in 2021. That stars Robert De Niro and Leonardo DiCaprio. DiCaprio has also signed a first-look deal with the streamer. Acclaimed composer Andrew Lloyd Webber, like many in the entertainment industry, is looking forward to the day when theaters can reopen safely. He's also made it known that he will do anything to save live theater. The Tony Award winner announced Wednesday that he's volunteered to help in the development of a COVID-19 vaccine. Webber, who was 72, will officially join the vaccine trial helmed by Oxford University and AstraZeneca today, which is reportedly showing promising results. In a tweet, he said, I am excited that tomorrow I'm going to be vaccinated for the Oxford COVID-19 trial. I'll do anything to prove that theaters can reopen safely. Weber has remained a staunch critic of theater closures in England, saying the extended blackout threatens their very survival. And 20th Century Fox, one of the most recognized names in entertainment industry, 
is officially no more. Disney announced on Monday that it would be... Re- yeah, that one. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to play the real one. I thought you were still going to play the the one that Brandon's daughter did. No, I was playing the real one. <laughs> Disney announced on Monday that it would be re- rebranding one of its TV studios, 20th Century Fox Television, to 20th Television. The new name obviously cuts the century and the fox from the studio's <laughs> name. The move follows Disney dropping the Fox name from its 20th Century Fox film brand in January. The company, which closed a $71 billion deal to acquire many of Fox's assets last year, renamed the longtime studio as just 20th Century Studios. All that money that they got... They they didn't drop the century part? No, they did drop the century. They did. But not originally. And they still can't give me my money back. In the late 90s, I can remember wondering, hey, what's 20th Century Fox going to do? When it's no longer the 20th century. They're, They're going to wait for Disney to buy it out, apparently. You didn't well, think that we were going to die in, at the turn of the Y2K? century? Y2K? Because of Y2K? Because my little brain went to that. I, I as didn't, a child, I, I was didn't like, believe oh, it as, it's going to end. I didn't believe it as much as like my next-door neighbor who had buried a bunch of water in the desert. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, like, like big, giant drums full of water that he'd secretly buried, and he was telling me that I needed to... I need to do the same thing. Is this still out there? I don't know. We gotta go did, find did he this tell water. You where? Or did he just tell you that he no. did it? He just told me. Yeah, no, he wasn't going to tell me where it was. He was sure that people were going to be killing each other over water. So, and he was telling me I should do it. Have you seen Tank Girl? <laughs> <laughs> Not in a long time. The new logo and graphics will appear on new episodes of 20th television TV series starting this fall. Older titles, which have already aired before the rebrand, rebrand will, re- will maintain the former logo and name. And with entertainment news, I'm Joanna Barba. Well, we're going to finally get that X-Men Avengers crossover. Because that would be nice. That'd be cool. I think everything's been kind of pushed back at this point. You know, so whenever so hopefully might they're taking this time to write the damn movie. Yeah. By the time these movies come back, all the actors are going to be too darn old anyway. This is the time to write it out and carefully think it through. Well, I, I want to find I out if... Spooky music. It, i got to talk about Halloween for a second, Ooh. but... I want to find out if Quicksilver was played by the guy who played Kick-Ass and he got killed in Sokovia, or is Quicksilver the guy from American Horror Story and he's still alive or not? Yeah. Because we got two two different Quicksilvers because yeah, that was a little Marvel spread out. Also, which is the red, real Deadpool? The one with Ryan Reynolds that's awesome or the one with Ryan Reynolds that sucked? <laughs> with his mouth sewn shut? Yeah. It is too early for Halloween season, but you might no, have noticed not. that Halloween <laughs> candy is on the shelves. Halloween decorations and uh, displays are up at places like Marshall's and Ross's. And Look, Tuesday it's a morning. pandemic. We need something to make us happy. But yeah. it is not... I mean, it doesn't just seem like it's earlier. It is. Yeah, it is. And usually Halloween displays of candies are hitting the mm-hmm. shelves in late August. They they were up a couple of weeks ago, in fact. So. Yeah, it usually goes up after all the school supplies kind of die out. The there there are two main thing. reasons, and you hit on one, uh, because less of a focus on back-to-school stuff this mm. year. Uh, stores have room. Okay. Second of all... The candy companies are anticipating that there's not going to be as much trick-or-treating, so they want to get their product on the shelves longer so people might be oh, more likely to buy it, okay. even though you might up, end up eating all of those little uh, trick-or-treat-sized candies yourself, <laughs> which yeah. 
You know, I mean, is it the fun, worst thing that could happen? <laughs> one fun size, or four fun size ones equal one full bar. So another uh, Halloween note: I noticed that Spirit Halloween store, the pop-up store, yeah. had mm-hmm. trucks. They were they were they're getting ready to open. They're, yeah, they're huh? getting that location. What's it by? You know where Graham's Corner is? Yeah, yeah, yeah location of, by Graham's Corner mm-hmm, on the west side. Uh, right by uh, Tropical Smoothie Cafe. Oh yes, <laughs> and the. Uh, Ah, is it Sushi Place? Sushi Zen? Sushi no. Place. Sushi, no, Sushi, sushi Place. Sushi Place. Sushi something. Right next to the Joanna Fabrics. There you yeah. go. Joanna. Joanna Fabrics. <laughs> well, Party City uh, lists the top Are Halloween costumes. you you don't have fabrics, Joanna? I do not. Oh. Party City says uh, the top costumes are going to be horror movie characters, video game characters. So a lot of Fortnite, a lot of Halo. <laughs> but then making the list this year, they've also got... Everyday heroes, including doctors, nurses, and police Aww, officers. I like that. Oh, that's cute. I was thinking maybe the police officers might have been down a little bit this year because of you know, <laughs> oh. everything going on. Coming in also in the top ten characters from Frozen, still popular with the kids, mostly the girls. Oh, my God. Let it go. Coming in at Never. number five, Samantha. Tiger King costumes. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, that's probably for adults, but how hilarious would a little Joe Exotic, like uh, four-year-old be? I love it. Oh, that'd be great. If you had like a little four-year-old Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin, <laughs> yeah, or like a three-year-old Doc Antle. <laughs> so. They're just carrying around a little tiger stuffed animal. I think they're dreaming. Party City and Spirit Halloween uh, Superstore think there's going to be like a lot of adult costumes. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're living in a fantasy Speak land. Speak for yourself. I'm going to be wearing my costume. Uh, also, Wonder Woman characters and Harley Quinn and Birds of Prey. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Lisa, did you get permission Hi. from our accountant? We don't have. I'm not suggesting Lisa and I have joint accounts or anything, but we we, we share the same accountant. Look, I needed an, I needed someone to do my taxes. I knew a guy that Buzz introduced to me, who I met at at Stateline. I think he's technically my account too because he's helping my wife out with her business stuff. Okay. So. Yeah, you know, he's all of our accounts. Yeah. Joanna, jo- join, jump on board. Well, anyway, he's in Sturgis and he's been sending us uh, photos. So you got to eventually turn that into maybe a photo album. I am Joanna. Did I leave my phone over there? Is it over there? Because yes. I was yes. Oh, if uh, yeah, because I'm gonna I'll I'll put that up today because they're pretty they're pretty great. If Robert Diaz is listening, I just want to uh, <laughs> find out if he was at the sneezing contest or the jello wrestling. Let us know immediately. Mainly, I'm, I'm curious about the sneezing contest because... He was at the shaving cream wrestling because I did get those photos. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely was. So I do have those. Those will be going at the shaving cream wrestling. There was also a wet t-shirt contest. There was a bikini contest. Uh, yeah, so I got, well, some, I got accor- some great photos. According to at least one person, there was a sneezing contest at one bar to see who could projectile sneeze droplets the furthest. He probably looked and he's like, are girls in bikinis? <laughs> no, I'm out. <laughs> Just walk to the next bar. <laughs> right. You want to talk about the uh, sheriff in Florida who has banned all his deputies from wearing masks? Oh, my God. I've got this. It's Marion County Sheriff Billy Woods. Yeah. And... The city of Ocala, which is in Marion County, has an ordinance that people have to wear face coverings inside businesses. Correct. But the sheriff has told his employees they are not allowed to wear masks 
anytime they're on duty, but it goes a little further than that, right, Lisa? Yeah, it goes a little further than that. He's saying uh, there are some there are some different uh, places where you can wear masks. So, for instance, he says if you are working with a person who could potentially have COVID, then okay, maybe uh, you can go ahead and throw a mask on if you have so to go he's to a not, hospital. He's not saying that COVID doesn't exist at all. Well, he's more of just saying where you would have to wear it. So, like, for instance, if you went into a hospital, the hospital is probably going to require you to wear a mask, and he can't tell you, don't wear it. But if you go into the actual sheriff's department, even if you're a visitor to the sheriff's department, you cannot, uh, you're, you're not supposed to be wearing the mask. This was an email dated August 11th. Before I read the email, August 11th was also the day Florida had its new single-day record for coronavirus deaths with 277. Nice including 13 in Marion County. So if you're thinking, well, maybe it's one of the counties that hasn't been hit very hard. They had 13 uh, deaths in one day. The same day that Sheriff Billy Woods put out this email, my order will stand as is when you are on duty slash working as my employee and representing my office, masks will not be worn. And what's the, like what's the rationale of, well, behind that? He's actually in line with the mayor as well of Ocala because uh, the mayor did go on a local radio show and said that my chief and I have talked about it and we're not going to write a fine for someone not wearing a mask. We're just not going to do it. So um, the city council is going to try and meet to override that veto. But it looks like the mayor and the sheriff's uh, department are in the same thoughts. Um they say that also deputies that are working special events. So like when you do uh, one of the uh, security events, they also are forbidden from wearing masks. Well, uh, the sheriff said that he was doing it out of concern for safety for his deputies. And if you're wondering how not wearing a mask is for their safety, here's how uh, Sheriff Woods explained it. In light of the current events, when it comes to the sentiment and or hatred toward law enforcement in our country today, this is being done to ensure there is clear communication and for identification purposes of any individual walking into a lobby. Well, that's uh, when it has to do with people visiting mm-hmm. uh, the sheriff's office. This guy sounds like uh, sounds like he's uh, kind of politicized on some of these issues to me. I don't know if I'm stepping over the line there, but that's kind of my takeaway from this. Well, and I wonder if there's ways that I I understand where he's saying, like people coming into the sheriff's department, like for safety issues. But isn't there a way like maybe they have to not wear a mask until they get to the door and then they put it on or something like something they could do? Because that that is a that is something that people have said, like people are wearing masks. How you see it on TikTok. All these kids are dressing up as grandmas and they're going and buying booze. Hilarious, but at the same time, illegal. Don't do it. Or at least share the video with Joanna. Uh, But yeah, so this is something uh, I get where he's coming from with the safety issue. But he's also saying that if anybody confronts a police officer about not wearing a mask, uh, okay, here's the direction Mm -hmm. the employee, meaning a deputy, should politely and professionally tell them I'm not required to wear a mask, nor will I, per the order of the sheriff, and walk away. <sighs> he but then saved- there's a suggestion that if somebody persists, that they could be charged with interfering with law enforcement oh, by okay. asking them to wear a mask. 
See, but that's the thing is like, let's say, for instance, you own a diner or a, a boutique or and something. And the cops want to come in and have some breakfast. Yeah. You that- should you should have the right to refuse service and say, no, well, if you don't want to wear a mask, then you need to leave our establishment. Well, how's that going to play out for the business? You've seen these things like this business denied cops, you know, most of those don't turn out to get snopes that they're not true, but... But the thing is, is that if, if they are going to refuse, this is where you come into that uh, that fine line of, one, let's get the whole story, you know? And it's kind of like, hey, it's my business. It's I can decide, and I have the right to refuse service. All I'm asking you to do is put a mask on. If you refuse to wear the mask, then you can leave the establishment. Here's hey, the, man, the police officer that pulled me over this morning, he was wearing his mask. He yeah. had his mask on? <laughs> yeah. And I awesome. Asked, and Did I you give him, him any lip, Brandon? No, I, oh, good. I asked him straight out of the gate. <laughs> I asked him straight out of the gate. I was like, do you want me to put my mask on? He was like, no, I got mine. It's cool. And he and he kept his distance, too. I mean, the only time he got Respect. even relatively close was uh, when I had to hand him my ID and insurance. And then when he handed it back to me. Did you wipe it down with some hand sanity first? Like, hold on, let me just clean that for you. There you go. You guys didn't hear Brandon got a ticket on his way into work. <laughs> Can I tell him what you were doing? I don't mean doing? to laugh, but... Yeah, if you want to. I was, I was speeding. He caught me. He said I was doing 80 and a 60. Uh, but nobody's on the <laughs> road at that time. I know. Here's the thing I've argued <laughs> for. I mean, I could have easily just. Uh, you should have been like, I was going with the the flow of the traffic and officer. There was no traffic, so that thing was flowing. <laughs> He's like, I mean, people were speeding past. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. I've got good news, bad news of the week. This is a segment of the show where we look at some of our stories. Some of them are big stories, some, you know, more minor stories, but we comprehensively look at all the stories from both the positive and negative side. You know, it's a dark cloud and the silver lining is the glass half empty or glass (laughs) glass half full type of thing. We're looking at it from both angles. Yep. Uh, So let's go ahead and get started with our good news, bad news of the week. All right. Sarah Palin, who was vice president candidate offered survival tips to Kamala Harris. Oh, okay. that was nice of her, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's nice, but no one knows why Kamala Harris would need to know what to do in case of a moose attack. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it was a nice gesture. Yeah. Good news: President Trump released a statement outlining what a great job he has done during the pandemic. Took a look at it. It's just four months worth of golf scores. So, you know. <laughs> I thought you were supposed to score high in golf. I didn't realize you were trying to get the lower score. This is bad news, uh, I guess, for a few people in the state of Massachusetts. Kanye West failed to qualify for the Massachusetts presidential ballot. He's not going to be on there. Don't worry, for people in Massachusetts who want to vote for someone mentally unfit for the office, you got two other candidates. <laughs> and this is really, really bad news. I, I don't know how there's a good side to this, but experts uh, predict 300,000 coronavirus deaths in the U.S. by December. Oh, my gosh. So let that sink in. 300. I think we're at 165,000. So it'll be doubled, almost yeah. doubled. Three. On the bright side, you might be able to save on Christmas gifts, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right. And that is your good news, bad news of the week. What do you and mean dark, dude? 
Yeah, I probably should have started with that one. <laughs> Ended on something a little lighter. Uh-huh. You late. know, I tend to do my Christmas shopping early, like October, if I know that there are going to be some people not on the list anymore. You know, it would save the returns. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. All right, most weeks we get a uh, chance to talk to El Paso Mayor DeMargo, and today is the day. Uh, at the beginning of the show, I, uh, we didn't know that the governor was coming into town, uh, so I don't know if that was the last bit of thing, but let's first of all welcome uh, DeMargo to the show. Hi, Mayor. Hi, Buzz. We, uh, how long have you known that uh, governor's coming for a visit with this kind of last-minute thing? Oh, they called me earlier in the week okay. uh, about coming out. And what is uh, you're gonna you're gonna meet with the governor? What else is on the on the docket, so to speak? Well, well primarily we're going to focus on this pandemic and COVID and and uh, what the needs are here in El Paso, and and he's looking for an update. Yeah. Um, so we're we're going to have a meeting and have our uh, um, Dr. Ocaranza, our, our public health authority for this pandemic, uh, Mario D'Agostino, our fire chief, and. Jorge Rodriguez, who heads up our emergency operations center, and uh, others be able to uh, brief the governor and uh, also NIMCID, the, the, uh, uh, who's head of the Texas Department of Emergency Management, um, which helps provide. You know, we have four testing sites that have been provided by the state. And uh, back in May, when we were having some significant issues, the guy, you know, I called the governor about delaying our opening by a week from the 22nd of May to the 29th, because we weren't ready, and uh, and asked him to send in some um, support for for verification of surges and things that we were having in hot spots to see what we could do to control. And uh, he's been very responsive. They provide personal protective equipment for us, uh, you know, the tests, the, 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 uh, the antigen tests, all the... All the, uh, all the uh, reagent all those you know that's all coming through the state so there's a there's a concern that people aren't using the the state services and those testing sites enough right i read that earlier this week that you had said people need to get out and take advantage of those or they might go away the most important thing we can do because there are so many that test positive who are asymptomatic meaning no symptoms whatsoever the only way we're going to get our arms around this virus until we have a vaccine to stop it is to have everyone tested. And uh, that's what we have available. And as we hit the flu season starting, which they say I think starts next month, it, we're going to have some real spikes. And, and my concern and the concern of Dr. Oparanza and our health authorities, uh, our health folks, is uh, that we need to have more people test. We're testing about half our capacity bus. I mean, they're available. They're free. It's it's, and we got we got through the glitches when we did the transition from the uh, te- Texas uh, uh, National Guard to uh, military to uh, the private sector, which was a which was a major problem. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't trained and multiple hour waits and delays in response to the testing, et cetera, et cetera. So. Uh, that's all been cleared up. Here's and, a, here's uh, a, we have somebody who just did the <laughs> test yesterday. So Lisa went in to get and how this is your what fourth third yeah you know I'm fourth test racking them up basically. Uh, no yeah I went to the one that was the the rural testing site at the Socorro and there was one car in front of me. It took less than ten minutes. It was super fast. I did not have an appointment. They helped me set it up. 
So a lot of the problems that we had talked with Mayor uh, Marco beforehand look like they have been cleared up. So I, I think you're not going to see those lines where it was like four to six hours. It's a, not a long wait right now. I mean, it, that was part of the reason I went is just to see what it is, what's going on right now. Because, yeah, we did see those huge lines at first when it was kind of a cluster at the beginning, but uh, it, it right. doesn't seem like that anymore. So um, they said it would be hopefully two to seven days, but uh, most likely it would be two to four. So, yeah, that's what we're seeing. We're seeing two to two to four, or actually less. And and uh, that's why I want to encourage your uh, listeners: please go get tested. The problem we've got here is that w- with all, the, especially those that are uh, eighteen to twenty and and and, and twenty to thirty. They're, the ones that test positive, for the most part, are asymptomatic, yeah. but they're still spreading it. And we've had a, you know, my biggest concern is that because of our demographics, our, uh, you know, 84% Hispanic community with underlying health issues prevalent to our um, culture, uh, such as diabetes and hypertension and high blood pressure, and also something that's not listed as an underlying, but it's, is obesity. Those are all playing a part in the in the deaths we're having which while our hospitalizations haven't been increasing our deaths are increasing and uh and i'm quite concerned about that because the numbers we're announcing today which is horrendous and tragic at 20 more deaths everyone had an underlying condition so um and most of every of our spread is community spread which means it's you know, family gatherings or, or just out and, and people failing to wear, you know, their face coverings and maintaining the distancing and washing your hands. This number of uh, 20 deaths is is startling, but the, and this is an email we get every day from the city of El Paso, uh, Department of Public Health, but they're, they're clear to, uh, or they're, they make it clear that they didn't all occur on the same day. But we get these reports every day. So, you know, when you get used to the number being six or seven and, you know, then you start getting concerned when you see a number like 20 come across the plate. I mean, that's startling. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's bad. It's a tragedy. You know, it's families. These these are parents, grandparents, brothers, sisters. Uh, You know, I just it's, it's 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 how much of this can we control? by people just being disciplined enough to maintain the distancing and wear face covering. I, I think maybe a misconception, maybe you could speak about this, is when people hear, well, they all had underlying conditions, people might translate that to mean, well, they were all very, very ill or only had days, you know, or were, were on death's doorstep. But that is not the case. These are people, many of them, that would have had possibly, you know, decades of, of good life still ahead of them. You're right. That's my that's my whole point. But the underlying conditions, typically, if you're 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 susceptible if you're if you're a diabetic, you're susceptible if you have high blood pressure. You can be susceptible if if you're uh, overweight, if you're obese. Uh, there are a number of areas, but you know, you know those are all you know kind of indigenous to us. I mean, there's nothing we like better than than uh, you know cooking with lard, those kinds of things. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just you know, it's just. It's it, it just indigenous to our culture, and we've got to be mindful of that. That that is what is 
so important. And the, I can't say enough about wearing face coverings. For those testing times, and, and it's encouraging that the, the process is running smoother and that they really seem to have it so you don't have a lot, lot of weight. Is there any talk of getting those uh, result times down to less than they are now? You said two, two to four days or maybe less. Is there any discussion about, you know, at some point we'll be able to get that to a matter of hours instead of days? Yes. Yes. You're right on target. Those are the things we're focusing on, especially as we start going back to school and figuring out how that's going to work if, if we do it. Have they given you an idea of, of what the timeline might be before we could expect well, something like that? Well, you know, that? there are certain tests that are the same day. And, and, and in, in many businesses, you know, you need to know when, they're, when they show up that they're, 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 they're COVID-free. And so you need to, you know, you've got the uh, the Abbott test is supposed to be 15 minutes. Uh, there are a myriad of there. There are several others, and that's you know, those are, these are some of the things we'll continue to look at and and uh, talk to the governor and and uh, request support for. Who else but, is coming yes. in from Austin today? We know the governor is going to come come by, and in the, the way you make it sound, D, is that is he's here more to listen and help. That's pretty much it. The yeah. way, uh, yes, but we've been talking. I've been talking to his. Uh, chief of staff and i talked to nim kid the uh, head of the texas department of emergency management which oversees all the test sites that the state has and and what our needs are and you know if we were like the rio grande valley and needed a, a another hospital set up they're the ones that help us uh so he's coming in and uh, i don't know who all else is coming with the governor's staff but but that's those are the, the primary uh, uh folks that are that are coming in to, to visit with us and talk about what we need and, uh, and we're, and we're uh, I'm, I'm pleased that the governor wanted to come out and see us. There was a news story that a few people kind of got their hackles up, and uh, that is that the city manager and the, the city's attorney, uh, who are the highest paid city uh, employees in El Paso, had uh, uh, raises which were uh, like already in their contract. I believe they were performance based uh, increases in their salary, right? And some people said this is this is not a good time for for our city manager uh, and our city attorney to be taking raises when so many people are out of work and not not able to make uh, rent. What, what what is your position on that, and what was your advice uh, to those folks? Well, my advice initially was, given the the economics of our of where we are today, the cuts we've had to make at the city, the reductions in our budgets, the furloughs, the the uh, um, reduction in employee count, et cetera, et cetera, that while it, it, it's merited, it's contractually there, and it's it's uh, was earned by them based on their evaluation by all of council. And I'll cover a little bit of, on some of the comments on that in just a minute. I, suggest, I said, I just don't think it's, it's uh, proper from a leadership standpoint. So I told them that from day one. And, uh, but I have no more... The contracts that we have, the city mayor and city council have two employees that we hire, the city manager and the city attorney. That's it. Everything else flows from those two individuals, and primarily the city manager. He's the CEO of an organization that has over 4,000 employees, and our total budget, when you take in the airport and, and Sun Metro and, and garbage collection and all that solid waste, is, is almost a billion dollars. So uh, he's, me- he's measured on that performance. All of us at city council um, 
measured his performance and the city attorney's performance. I know it's been said by a couple of members of council that they weren't involved in the process and they uh, they had no real say and they're disappointed, et cetera, et cetera. And I'll, Buzz, I'll just tell you that's disingenuous and dishonest. We were all together and discussed it. Uh, fact is, uh, the contracts were negotiated in December of 2018, ratified in 2019, and uh, one of the individuals who's saying she had no say in it was on our Finance and Oversight Audit Committee, which was the four members of council who pre-screened all the contract language, et cetera, before it was presented to council to even vote on. The I contracts were... Go ahead. I, I think Lisa reported that Tommy was said he was going to donate uh, his bonus. And Tommy Gonzalez, the city manager. Lisa, right. was that a report earlier this week? Uh, Gonzalez I, said he was going to donate that to... I a, did read that to a local charity. Yeah. 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 He, it, you know, it's 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 their call. I have we have under their contractual obligations have no uh, I have no more say over uh, uh, what they do with 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 their merited raise or whatever than than I would over your compensation. We we just don't under the contract. We only have the contracts are pretty clear. And uh, as I was saying, when I, what I, we found out as we were doing the evaluation was that several members of council had never read the contracts that they voted, which to me is a failure to fulfill your fiduciary obligations as an elected official of your district. So, uh, but that's, but everybody had a say. So when, when your listeners hear various representatives say, my voice wasn't heard, that's factually inaccurate. All right. It seems like there's a lot of fracture going on. Uh, from the city council meetings, you know, like uh, what what's going on here? Is it stress or are well, these lingering uh, differences that, that you've had with some of them and some members of council have had with other members of council? Well, I think what you're doing is you're hitting the silly season for elections and posturing. And uh, what I've, I've done my very best. And I think, you know, there, there needs to be uh, when I, when I, when I left the council earlier two weeks ago, it kind of ran and ran aground with our uh, mayor pro tem in charge, but uh, no. What I've tried to do from day one is to avoid what I saw previously under um, uh, Lisa and and Lily Lamone, which would look like a, a just a, you know, I mean, it was just uh, disjointed and and uh, and people didn't want to go back to that. I was told when I ran, they did not want to see that type of behavior and, and uh, so my position has been we're we're elected mature adults and, and we need to be- behave accordingly we can disagree on policy but you don't have to be disagree on on um, you know personalities uh, yeah, I remember uh, when Reagan was president he told his staff we have no enemies we only have opponents and uh, sometimes people take it given this environment we have with the polarization is a, is a mutual attack thing, and I don't want to do that. I, I, I've not done that. I'm not a political animal, and I haven't done that since day one. We haven't seen, uh, I don't know if it's still going on, but I remember a few years ago, you know, this this council member was chewing their gum intentionally too loudly, or this... Popping uh, their po- Coke Popping can. their Coke can too. That, those were like every week things. I don't know if it still goes on, or if the if it's we just have well, a yeah. more mature council. <laughs> I, I can assure you, uh, 
yours truly would never tolerate that, and it doesn't go on, and it hasn't. We've had disagreements, and unfortunately, there are you know a number of there are several council members who invariably are voted down, and so I'm sure that's frustrating to them. Uh, but the majority uh, consensus rules, and which way we're going, and the direction wise. I was asking uh, Brandon, who's also has has school age kids, and I have school age kids. Uh, we're not a hundred percent sure what what's uh, to expect this fall, and it's getting started. So, give us the latest update, and maybe you can highlight for us things that are are set in stone and things that are not set in stone for the school year. Buzz, I wish I could. Yeah, I don't have a <laughs> okay. yeah. answer for yeah. you. I. Uh, you know, originally uh, we were told that the, 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 the presiding health officials within your cities would determine what happens when schools open or not open or delay or whatever. And then they came back a couple of weeks ago with our attorney general in the state saying, nope, uh, the schools determine what they're going to do. The schools and their administration, the, the trustees and their administration. And, I, and I, what I've been saying from day one is I only hope that they rely on the health authorities locally to, to help determine. And that's what I'm seeing here in El Paso with EPISD and the other districts. Um, we've been in constant con- con- uh, conversation with them. Uh, they're talking to us about what they're trying to do and how they're trying to do it. But I'm not sure uh, everybody's figured it out. And it seems like things change on a daily basis. You remember when we had all the thoughts out there that children were would not contract it you know, we're, we're, we're not susceptible, et cetera, et cetera, to this COVID. Well, now we come back and find that that may be the truth from the, from the standpoint of being coming ill, but they carry it and, and they can spread it. So that's a concern from, from you know, with teachers, et cetera. For- but at the same time, I think kids, especially in the elementary school grades, need to be back in class. For the, for the record, as of right now, is Monday the first day of school back uh, remotely? Is that is that still what? That's we're the way I understand yeah. it. That's <laughs> okay. the way I. That's I got the way I, the way I understand, understand it. it. Okay, uh, but, uh, and then do we still have a first day of in person classes, or or do you would you say that is pretty much up in the air at this point? I, I think it's still up in the air. We had set a we had set an order that uh, you could not have in class. Um, participation until after labor day all right and uh and as i say our our uh, attorney general decided that uh, that wasn't necessarily the case it was going to be decided by others so you know it's just it's just back and forth but uh we'll be talking to the governor today on a myriad of things um if you'd like real quick i want to remind your listeners that we're approving the budget coming up for 21 2021 starting september 1st and there is no tax increase. There is no tax increase whatsoever. And uh, uh, frankly, I didn't want one last year. I remember I vetoed the budget last year, and it was overridden. But uh, the operating budget is $22 million down below what it was a year ago. And um, the average home value for our purposes has is, is gone from 136000 to 139000 And... Uh, I want to remind your listeners that uh, 62% of the budget is police and fire, 8% is streets, and 6% is parks. So we're, uh, and then also as people get concerned about their tax dollars because the city collects it, I want them to understand the city doesn't get it all. The city only gets 29 cents of your tax dollar. 
the schools get 46 cents, and then the UMC, the county, and uh, community college are the other 25 cents. Well, thanks for your time, Mayor. But uh, to wrap up, I just want to make clear here: like somebody like me, I haven't been COVID tested. Mm-hmm. I should go do it, even if I don't feel sick, and it's free. Yes, it is free at these yes. state testing sites. Okay, so for yes. people, yeah, I was gonna say for people out there who, uh, you know, because they were hurt at first, you know, there's not enough tests. Don't get tested unless you have symptoms. You're saying now, even if you don't have symptoms, just go get tested. The weights aren't, there's no weight, essentially, at some places. Uh, but just go get tested just to know for your own well-being if you're symptomatic or not. Well, there was an article yesterday I shared with uh, Dr. Okoranza that was uh, uh, from a Yale epidemiologist that talking about the only way we really know where we are on this is, is testing everyone. It's not just testing um, hot spots or uh, areas of cluster or whatever. It's, it's testing everybody because of the way this virus spreads and is so different from a measles virus or any other type of virus and its impact. So the only way we can really get our arms around it is to have everybody go get tested, and, even and they, if you have no symptoms. They have ample tests. I mean, let's say that enough people are listening that there's a rush and people go out and get tested. They're, they're, they've got enough tests ready to go at these sites. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. All right. And uh, in the meantime, social distance, wear your mask, wash your hands. A lot uh, has not changed. And mm-hmm. some of that at the core is the stuff that, that really has remained consistent through all this. All right. Uh, Mayor DeMargo, thanks for being on with us. We appreciate it, as always. Thank you, bud. Okay. Appreciate it. Thank all right. You. We'll see you. Uh, so meeting with the governor of Texas later today and uh, a lot to be talked about. Schools are back uh, at home. Starting on Monday in the EPISD. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. All right, we're uh, running behind the clock a little bit, but I think it's important, you know, to get that information. And uh, when we get a chance to talk to the mayor, a few questions here for you. And uh, Backstage John has a great one. Test locations, please. We were talking about it, and Lisa, you mentioned you went to Socorro. Can you give us a rundown of those places that the mayor was encouraging us to go to get tested? Yeah, so there are a few different ones. And the one that I went to yesterday, because I have people telling me, no, it's closed. Um, so it is today. So It, it actually, is closed. Yeah, so it what it is is kind of more of a, a rotating testing site. So that one was open yesterday, but today the location, I believe, is going to be in Horizon. Um, so those come are a little bit different. Those are the the rural testing sites and those do uh, change and fluctuate throughout the city. However, the ones that the city has set up is there's the, um, the hybrid drive and walk-up testing site. And that one is open till the 29th. And that is at nation's Tobin recreation center over off of railroad in the Northeast. So that one is 9am to 4pm daily, I believe. Yes, it is uh, every day. So that one's daily. And then the other sites that you can get, um, you do have the mega drive-through testing site, which is that one's at the the SAC at the Socorro um, Athletic Complex. So that one's on the far east side. And that one is also open, I believe, from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Remember, the times do change. So sometimes it'll be a little bit busier than uh, another times. So it's just, it depends on when you get there. So the... uh, I'm looking for it right now. Sorry. The El Paso looking testing sites in El Paso, El Paso Community College at the Valle Verde campus and at on Hunter. You know, maybe a quicker way to do this is to say that they keep this updated at 
epstrong.org. They do. If um, if you're more of like an Instagram person too, that's cool. Go to I am underscore El Paso. Um, that is the city's Instagram. They do. Uh, you're going to have to scroll back a couple days, but they do have one on there that says free testing August 13th through the 29th. Swipe to the next picture and it has all of those set up. So like, for instance, today's the 13th. That's in Horizon at the Baptist Church on Darrington. And tomorrow it'll be at in Vinton at the West Valley Fire Station. Uh, so good question, uh, John. We should put that out there. But just a shorthand, uh, you know, check those sites because right. they're going to have more up-to-date information than we do anyway. That's exactly. It. And remember, they do at the uh, Nation's Tobin, it's 500 tests a day. And at the other two locations, at the uh, EP Community College and the SISD Student Activities Complex, that has 1,000. Those right, each have 1,000. got a couple uh, regulars here in the chat. Melissa's one. So, Lisa, did you have to show up early to the Socorro location? No, I just went on a um, on a whim just because, one, I heard that they were going to get rid of the testing. I'm like, oh, no. Uh, and two, um, a friend of a friend uh, who I had very minimal contact with tested positive. So I was like, well, you know, might as well just go just for peace of mind or as I call it, Joanna's peace of mind. Uh, I got went and got tested. I just showed up and I just I literally drove left my house, just drove straight there. Pulled up. The guy was super friendly. Told me, yeah. He's like, he's like, do you have an appointment? I'm like, nope. He's like, okay, let's set it up. Set up the appointment right there with me. And then I drove through. There was one person in front of me, and they were finishing as I was just starting. And uh, the test took less than ten minutes. So it was really quick, really easy. And um, you know, and I I understand a lot of people are frustrated right now because first you're being told. Don't go get tested unless you have symptoms. You know, don't go and get this test done. And then you hear, okay, fine, go get tested. And then you hear, oh, the lines are six hours. Well, I'm not going to wait six hours. I got I got a job. I got kids. You know. Then you hear there's no wait. Yeah, then you hear that there's no wait. So I, I understand the frustration that so many people have. But, I mean, it's just I, I went on a whim yesterday just to see. I could have gotten there and there could have been a wait, but there was nothing. I mean, it was really fast, really easy, and um, it, it just depends. Like, for instance, I got it yesterday, so I'll find out. Uh, they're saying two to seven days. Um, I am hearing from someone else who got tested a couple weeks ago. She said it took 10 days for her to get her results back. So, you know, it, it kind of defeats the point. Yeah, I mean, 10 days is kind of... Oh, I you're, think you're you're either in it or out. Yeah, you're it. already passed at <laughs> this, that point. This dude I know, uh, he got tested and he got the results 12 days later. So he was already over the quarantine period. He's like, "Well, I all right, I guess that's that." And and that's part of the issue. Some people do they get tested, and because they don't have symptoms or they weren't exposed, they're not you know quarantining, and then they get the results back, and it's like everywhere you've been. Well, that kind of dovetails into this uh, comment slash question from uh-huh. Ricardo who says, so you test everyone and they come out positive but asymptomatic. What do you do then? Is it just a number that the city is looking for funding or a reason to keep things shut down? I think, first of all, if somebody tests positive but asymptomatic, you would highly encourage them to self-quarantine. Absolutely. For, Absolutely. for starters. Point, I, know, I still don't understand this. We're like, oh, they just want you on lockdown. Why? Because you're benefit. not spending money. Yeah, that doesn't benefit anybody. I mean, the mayor did say that 
it, it, there's a chance that if not enough people are using the state testing sites, which are free, uh-huh. that they might shut those up. You know, yeah. hey, we're not needed here, so we're going to take our state resources. So And take them to another area that's having a high outbreak. But if there's any implication that they're intentionally falsifying numbers, I, that's not what Ricardo said. But no, and- still, I, I think the, the answer is if you find out you're positive but asymptomatic, you would still be encouraged to quarantine. Absolutely. And that's a problem because even if you're, a, let's say you're asymptomatic, you don't have symptoms, um, you're feeling fine, you're feeling great. There's we, We've already seen these examples of people. There was one in uh, Lake Paris, California, where a guy knew he had COVID, but had no symptoms, felt fine. So he went to a family uh, birthday party. That family member got COVID and died. And so even though he felt fine and he had no symptoms and no issues, that does not mean that you cannot spread it to someone else and give them that. And then their body may not be able to handle it. So uh, this, that's why they're saying it. even if you are asymptomatic, stay home, quarantine, um, you know, just try and take those steps. To, and it's not even it's more to protect the those around you at the same time, you know, because my uh, my technically uncle, he works in uh, he's an essential worker. He got it. And that's how my grandfather got it. You know, my grandfather's 87. My my uncle is 33. Hey, so, real quick. At this point, do we all know somebody who has has gotten COVID-19? I'm like a bingo chart. I got so many. I don't think I, I, I don't think anybody. I do. <laughs> I know them by association with Lisa. Thank you. <laughs> but you, you don't you don't directly know. I, and no, I, I, they were but. using this as a talking point. Some of these bikers in Sturgis is like, hey, we're from all over the country, and none of us know anybody who's who's gotten it. So it must not be a a real thing. Uh, but Most Lisa, definitely, people. you have relatives that have been diagnosed with COVID-19. Uh, it's very serious. Yeah, I mean, I didn't say it on air just because it was a very serious situation at the time. But uh, my grandfather was in the ICU with COVID. And, you know, he's 87 years old. And so, and I mean, it's mostly because I, I said something on Twitter about it. And someone, you know, one of some, you know, jerk, just really cruel saying like, oh, well, you know, that's what happens. That's what you get. And I'm like, really? My 87-year-old grandfather? grandfather. You think he's out like partying it up or something? <laughs> You think him in his wheelchair just going out and having fun? Um, so, you know, I didn't say anything. But, yeah, he's, he was in the hospital for um, a few days, spent about two weeks. Or he was in the ICU for a few days, spent two uh, two weeks in the hospital. Did they have to vent him at all? No. Thankfully, they did not. Um, but he was in the hospital. They did have to monitor him. And uh, he was put into a nursing home uh, for COVID patients. And spent some time there, and then he was just allowed to go home now, this week. I would say, you know, if no, you don't know somebody who has COVID until you do. Ask Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. So uh, here's one of the comments while the mayor was on. Isaac, Isaac says, check out the story on El Paso Matters about the craziness on council. We, t- we touched on that a little bit. The mayor was saying that he doesn't want it to get like it was back in... Brandon, it was right about the time you came to town. Remember how crazy the city council was? Oh, my was? God, yes. We did the whole Parks and Rec spoof. Right. Which, by the way, when the mayor was talking about how they divvy up your taxes, and he, and he was like, you know, 9% or 6%, whatever, it goes to the parks, did everybody's brain immediately go to Leslie Nope and Ron Swanson? Because mine did. Because the Parks and Recreation Department. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, Isaac says, Check out the story on El Paso Matters about the craziness on council. Also, the video of the city manager, and this is how Isaac describes it, the city manager losing it after being called out for spewing MAGA COVID points. MAGA. 
I found the video. Are you guys interested in hearing yes. some of that? Yeah. yeah. Awesome, yeah. We haven't had some city council drama. It's been a while. Miss you, Lily Lamone. Miss you. <laughs> <laughs> Miss you, Courtney Nyland. Oh, yeah. She was great. <laughs> I want to tell you about uh, Brian Bird Century 21 Haggerty. You might be thinking that this is just not the right time to sell your home or to look to buy a new home, but it is because Brian and his team have the technology to make it safe, effective, get your home sold, get you in the home that you've always dreamed of being in. You can take virtual home tours now of homes that you're interested in. Likewise, people can take a virtual tour of your home. You won't have strangers coming in to tour your home, but they can do it all online thanks to uh, the Brian Birds system. Brian Birds gets home sold in a hurry. That's why he makes the home sale guarantee. That is, Brian sits down with you, establish a price you want to get for your home, and also a deadline. If that deadline passes, and this does not happen very often, but if it does, if the deadline passes and your home isn't sold, Brian will buy your home. That's right. Brian Birds, your real estate agent, will buy your home. So call the official realtor of UTEP and the El Paso Chihuahuas and the only agent I would call if I ever needed to sell my home. Call Brian Birds today, 751-1500. That's 751-1500. So, um, I, yeah, there's some tension here on uh, city council. The mayor made some uh, reference to it. As far as the city manager... I wouldn't say he lost it, and I don't know that it's fair to say that he was talking... Uh, like MAGA COVID talking points, but but here's what he did say. Okay, so it it goes forward because this is all, you know, like a Zoom meeting or, or mm-hmm. Teams or whatever they're using. And uh, Peter Sforsbein has a problem with with the city manager, that's Tommy Gonzalez, saying that the experts have been wrong before. Well. Mm-hmm. We could have hired somebody as the public health director, but we had to pay for a streetcar downtown. So <laughs> that took up all our budget. Choo-choo, bitches. Damn. Nice. Where's Sorry my... Wait a minute. Where is the streetcar anyways? Oh, it's not running. <laughs> no, I was just getting to the point where it gets contentious. Though. Oh. oh. <laughs> Wait, the streetcar's not running at all? No, because no. COVID. Because of COVID? Yeah. Okay. All right. You this know, is weird. I, I want to point out that it's the novel coronavirus, not meaning that it's a book, meaning that it's a new kind. So, is that the novella? <laughs> if coronavirus? I, I think everybody uh, will would admit that the message that we got in March is different from the message that we got in April. And then some if, of that changed in May. You know, there was a point where they were saying, don't wear masks because... It might make things worse, or it's well, not really mm-hmm. going to do anything. And- or mostly that, you know, the medical professionals needed those effects. They, they never doubted the the efficacy of the mask. They were saying the N95s, we may be out of stock, and the health professionals need that. That's what they said in March. Just because they're saying it in uh, something different in May or June or July doesn't mean that n- that they're wrong about everything. It doesn't even mean they were wrong about that. They might have been right about that at the time. So, uh, And that's the thing is that we don't remember because in the beginning they didn't know how easy it spreads uh, on surfaces. So they were telling people, you know, wipe down your grocery and people were wiping them down and cleaning them. Some people were leaving them outside for like three uh, days. Uh, again. Yeah, and then they didn't know. And then it came out, oh, you know what? It actually doesn't survive on surfaces that lo- as long as we thought it did. If we had known everything about COVID-19 when it started, 
we probably would have done a better job at it. But again, mm-hmm. I want to point out that it's called the novel, uh, novel coronavirus <laughs> novel. 19 novel. What if the city manager was like, look, Mr. Schwarzbein, we need to keep on track with what we're doing here. OK, <laughs> this is a two way street that needs to allow for passing mm-hmm. car. I don't want to get derailed. Yeah. <laughs> like from a baseball that happens to land on a track. Oh, God. <laughs> I forgot about that, yeah, didn't you? I had forgotten about that. Uh, Edgar says, so this weekend on Snapchat, I noticed a bar fully open. It was a full-on party. No social distancing, no masks. I thought bars were supposed to be closed. So, Can you ask the mayor about that? So... The bars, so it depends on whether or not the bar has a kitchen. So if there is a, if you have, even if it's a 51%, um, if they have a kitchen and they can reopen under the license of a restaurant, they can reopen, which is what you see a lot of businesses doing right now. So a lot of businesses that technically sold over 51% of alcohol, they are re uh, getting a new license and they are reopening as a restaurant or bar. What that means is people who are inside of these establishments are supposed to be ordering food. So as long as you order food, you can be in there drinking. And I was also going to say, well, some bar might put up pictures from from last year. You know, <laughs> you, you already had like the benefit of the doubt. Sure, but then somebody then asked him, "What's the name of the bar?" He didn't say the name of the bar, but he said that it was on the corner of Cincinnati and Stanton. Yeah. So. The owner of that bar. No, no, no. I I, know he's talking about a different one. Oh, is he talking about a different one? There's about four that are open in that area right now. Oh, okay. So there's no, I know which one he's talking about, but um, they, they are allowed to be open. They have a restaurant license and they're allowed to be open. Now, a lot of these places have code enforcement that are going in there and they are supposed to be checking them. Um, The, I have been to a couple places to eat and just to mostly just to see uh, what's going on because, you know, you can hear things and you can uh, different things. But I, you know, I, I do go in just to look and see. And the the places that I have been, at least at the times I was there, I did see people social distancing. I did see people wearing masks when they were standing up and I did see everyone with food in front of them. I have heard stories, though, where there are some that are not doing that same. Let's do a quick uh, version of the Mo Show calendar and daily almanac of events. Today is Kool-Aid Day. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Or do drink the Kool-Aid. You do you. Today is National Navajo... Wait a minute. I'm on the wrong day. <laughs> Kool-Aid Day is tomorrow. You go get your Kool-Aid Day. I'm totally, totally... Stock up for tomorrow. The big thing today is that it's International Left-Handers Day. So for all you lefties out there. And I guess it goes for for switch hitters. You know, people who go left and right. You're kind of like the bisexuals of the handed world. Okay. Uh, International Left-Handers Day. Birthday for NBA star DeMarcus Cousins is 30 today. Is he with the Lakers this year or now? DeMarcus Cousins. Where did he Because he was in Golden State. I think he's with the Lakers this year. And if you want to look that up, Sebastian Stan, a.k.a. the Winter Soldier, is 38. From Mad Men, actor John Slattery, who played Roger on Mad Men, is 58. And former child star and former uh, radio DJ in Los Angeles, Danny Bonducci, 
is 61. Manaducci. Manaducci. Cousins got uh, cut, actually. He was with the Lakers, but then he tore his ACL, and uh, he was waived back on the 23rd of February. And he's still on waivers, or? Yeah. Well, he's still, I mean, nobody's going to sign him. He's got a torn ACL. All right. Former uh, Surgeon General and the first African-American Surgeon General, Jocelyn Elders, is 87. So here's some 90s trivia. She got fired by the president, who was Bill Clinton. Do you remember what it was that she got fired over? Because it, it ends up being pretty ironic when you consider who did the firing. Um, hooking up with somebody in your office? No, <laughs> no good guess. Uh, <laughs> Jocelyn Elders, uh-huh. the first African-American Surgeon General, was fired because she had encouraged uh, masturbation being included in sex education for, for school kids. So, like, in uh, in school. Well, yeah, Clinton clearly doesn't believe in that. That's why he's got to have so many ladies. <laughs> Sliding down. Um... Don't do the job yourself if you got an intern who's qualified. Yeah. <laughs> I just Fun. thought it's kind of ironic. Sliding down the hand railing on a staircase in Australia. Where there's a bunch of whoas. Just a rumor <laughs> that I heard. Whoas. The whoas. South Park debuted on this date 23 years ago, 1997. South Park debuted. Arguably one of the most brilliantly brilliantly written shows out there. Absolutely. Just when you think you get Matt Stone and Trey Parker's, like, their political slant figured out, they completely surprise you, which makes them great. Well, other than that, happy uh, National Left-Handers Day, everybody.